Well, praise the Lord. What a joy it is to come before you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we worship him and also hear a word from him. Uh, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 7, verse 17. I'm going to ask if you would open your Bibles to the seventh chapter of Genesis, verse 17. Lord, we bless you, praise you, and honor you. We thank you for the privilege of being able to worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you for your love and compassion and care and mercy and grace towards us. And now, Lord, I pray as your word goes forth, it'll reach those you want it to reach, that souls are going to be saved, that a difference is going to be made, that people will repent and be restored. And God, I'm just believing victory right now in the name of Jesus. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts, let them be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Genesis chapter 7, verse 17. Listen to what God's word says. Now the flood was on the earth 40 days. The waters increased and lifted up the ark and it rose high above the earth. I want to preach about sailing through a storm, sailing through a storm. And what better person to refer to and to count on to get what we need in order to sail through a storm than Noah. Because in, in the time of Noah, Noah went through a serious storm and everything and everybody and every animal was wiped out during that storm, except those who were associated with Noah, because he teaches us how to sail through a storm. And we better get this because everybody goes through storms. Storms are no respect of person. Storm doesn't care. Storms don't care what color you are, what neighborhood you live in, how much money you make, what your gender is, who you having sex with. Storms don't care if you in prosperity or poverty. Storms are no respect of person. And we're all going to go through storms. And here in Genesis 6 and 7, this storm, this serious storm that Noah went through, you know, it was sent by God. And I know that that's going to uh, make some of us rethink our theology, but God will send storms. God sent rain for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, storms do come from different directions. Uh, when Jesus was preaching in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, he gave the conclusion by saying, now the, those who hear these words of mine, and they do them. It's like building your house on a rock. And those who hear these words of mine, but do not obey them. It's like building your house on the sand. And then Jesus said, and then the rain falls and the floods rise and the winds blow. And then the house that's built on the rock stands, but the house that's built without God's word and, and obedience to it, like sand, that house, that falls. But I want you to notice the direction of the storms that Jesus talks about. Rains fall and then floods rise, winds blow. Rains always fall down, floods always rise up, winds always blow in. To help us understand that some storms come from above like rain, some storms come from below like floods, and some storms come from around us like wind. I believe, as Jesus teaches us, some storms come directly from God from above. Other storms come directly from the devil from below. And then other storms blow in from our loved ones and friends and acquaintances. So storms come 
from different directions. And we all got to learn how to sail through the storms that we have. And then the reason why God sent the storm, you can find that in Genesis chapter six In chapter six in verse five, it speaks of the wickedness of the people God made. And when they weren't wicked, verse five says they were thinking about wickedness. Verse five says they were evil. And then in chapter six, verse 11, it says the people were corrupt and the people were violent. And then in verse 12, it says they were corrupt and corrupt. Listen to why God had to send a storm. The people were wicked, thinking about wickedness, evil, corrupt, violent, corrupt, corrupt. Until in chapter six, verse six, it says, and God was sorry that he even made humanity. God repented of the fact he was sorry that he made humanity. And through all of that, the word of God teaches us in chapter six, verse nine, that Noah was a righteous man and that Noah walked with God. With all the wickedness that was going on in the world, Noah was still walking with God. Noah didn't allow the wickedness of the world to affect his righteous walk with the Lord. And walk doesn't mean he was taking steps with God. Walk in the Bible means a lifestyle. It means a way of life. And you and I got to learn from Noah. We can't allow the wickedness in this world to get in the way of our lifestyle, our walk with God. I don't remember where I was flying to, but I'm sitting on the plane and people are trying to board the plane. So of course we can take off and get to our destination. And then a mother walks on. She's with her son. He couldn't have been four or five years old. And the four-year-old was holding up passengers trying to get on the plane because every time he got to seats, he would stop at the seats. He would look at the people. He was smiling, grin on either side. Then he'd get to the next seat. He, he stopped. He's smiling, grin on either side. And he kept doing that. He was holding everybody up. We can't take off until everybody's in their seat. Bags are, are above our heads and, and locked. And our chairs are in an upright and locked position. And our seat belts on. But we can't get there. Because this little boy, four years old, is looking at all the people, watching all the people, and smiling and grinning. And I'll never forget what his mother said. She said, will you stop watching people and keep on walking? And I believe that's what God is saying to us at this time of wickedness and corruption and violence. God is saying, will you stop watching people and keep on walking? And Noah, he was a righteous man, and he walked with God. And this storm, 40 days, 40 nights of rain, 150 days of flooding. And when you get to chapter 8, verse 1, it says, and God remembered Noah. Yeah, the reason why God remembered Noah during the storm is because Noah remembered God in the sunshine. Before the storm, before the storm came, Noah walked with God. He was righteous. He was just. And when he remembered God in the sunshine, then God remembered him in the storm. And that's what I want to get across to us that God has not forgotten you. God has not given up on you. You've given your faith to Jesus Christ. You believe he died on the cross. You believe God raised him from the dead. You received him. You received his word. You've connected with the kingdom and the church. Yeah, the storm is going on, but God still remembers you because you remembered him in the sunshine. And that's, that's good to know too, because when the storm is going on and the rain is falling and the floods are coming, 
Sometimes it's hard to hear God with all that noise going on in the storm. So what Noah did, since it's hard to hear God in the storm, he remembered what God said when the sun was shining. And y'all, it's a lot of noise now. We got politicians making a lot of noise. We got preachers making a lot of noise. We got health professionals making a lot of noise. Your family and friends, and so are mine, making a lot of noise. And sometimes it's hard to hear God in the, in the storm when the rain is falling. So we got to remember what he said in the sunshine. So when people come up saying, you're supposed to be a Christian and you're going through all of that, then God must have forgotten all. And remember in the sunshine, God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Well, if God cares for you and all that, why are you going through all that? No, in the sunshine, remember God said, nothing shall separate you from the love of God. Well, if God cares about you so much, then why are you having difficulty? Without, no, God said that he will do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. I remember what he said when the sun was shining. That's why I'm able to sail through now that, now that it's raining. And, and in that storm, right before the storm came, God told, God told Noah, here are the specifications that I want you to have for the ark. God had been speaking to Noah. He said, listen, this wickedness, I'm going to bring a storm. It's going to rain. Now, mind you, it had never rained before on the earth during the time of Noah. It had never sprinkled before. This is a storm they had never seen before. This is an unfamiliar storm. They had never seen anything like this before. And then God, even before the storm got there, said, Noah, I want you to build me an ark. Because here's what I love about God. God always gives us what we need before the storm for the storm. So whatever we're going through, whatever storm we're facing, whatever trial and trouble, tribulation, hurts and pain, y'all, God has already given you before the storm what you need for the storm. And that's why Noah, following the specifications of God in Genesis chapter 6, in verse 15, God says, here's the specification. Here's, here's what I want you to be. I want you to build an ark, and I want you to make it 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. Now, that's a big ark. 450 feet long, a football field is 300 feet. So we're talking about a football field and a half. That's how long the ark was. 75 feet wide, we're talking about just under a third of a football field, and 45 feet high, and the ark was three stories. And he told Noah to build it according to my specification. Mrs. Noah and their three sons, and it was um, sons' wives, and they all went in, and two of every kind of animal, at least two of each animal, male and female. But they never would have been in the ark had it not been for the storm, I believe life and that God sends storms if he doesn't send them he sanctions them if God doesn't arrange the storm he allows the storm to get us into the ark of salvation because if the truth be told some of us never would have come in we never would have got in Christ by faith had it not been for the storm that we went through in our life uh, one, this was a few years ago I was going to play some basketball with some of the brothers at the church we have at our main location. We have a gym. So we had decided we we're going to play ball that evening. And it was a beautiful day in the sunshine. Everything was was great. And then right before I was to leave my home and make it to our church to play ball in the gym, 
a storm came. I mean, a crazy storm came out of nowhere. It was rain. It was lightning. It was thunder. It was hail. Darkness came in. It was a mess. It was actually zero visibility, but I had made up my mind. I'm getting to that gym. I'm going to play some ball and I was driving and I'm, and I'm not exaggerating. I was driving like three or four miles per hour because it was almost like zero visibility. And so I, I was hoping by the time I got to the highway, all this would clear up, but it was hailing. It was raining. It was dark lightning. It was zero visit and I'm just creeping on. And then I saw a woman that was running in the rain. She had her running clothes on, her running shoes on. She was running in this storm. And I, 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 I consider myself to be a runner and I've been caught in the rain before and it's no fun. So I, I pulled up and I stopped and I was gonna ask her, does she want to ride? She didn't wait for me to ask. She just jumped in the car, right out of the storm, jumped in my car. And you know I'm black and 6'2 and, and 200 pounds and a white female just jumped in my car. And I asked her, I said, uh, are you all right? She said, no, I'm not all right. She said, I'm, I got caught in this rain. I got caught in this storm. It's been hell and hell's been fought. No, I'm not all right. I said, okay, well, you safe now. Just tell me what is your address. I'll be glad to take you to your home. She says, I'm not going home. I said, okay, well, where are you going? She said, I'm going to the church just up the road. She said, I dropped my son off for youth meeting. And I decided I think I can get a run in before youth meeting is over. So I left him at the church. And I started running away from the church. And after I got about a mile and a half away from the church, this storm came out of nowhere, rain and, and hail, and, and it was a mess. And then I turned around and I was heading back towards the church. And that's when you pulled up. Then watch what she told me. I dropped my son off at the church, but I was running from the church. And that's when a storm came and I was catching hail. And that's what made me turn around to go back to the church. You know, we've been living in a time of apostasy, of falling away, of running away from the church. And I believe every now and then God will send a storm. Some of us have been catching hell. Maybe it's God trying to get us to repent, to turn around instead of running from the church, to run in the direction of the church. Because God has sent a storm to get us in that ark. And then I want to read to you what it says in Genesis chapter 6 in verse 16. Verse 16 says, you shall make a window for the ark and you shall finish it to the cubic from above and set the door of the ark in its side. Here's what I want you to see. God told him in his specifications, Noah put one door on the ark. Remember, it's a football in the field uh, long. It is almost a third of a football field wide. It's 45 feet high. It's three stories. And one door, God said, you, it seemed practical that you would have more than one door on a structure this big. Most of us don't have a, a, a house that's 450 feet long and 75 feet wide and three stories high. Most of us don't have that kind of house. I know I don't, but I got more than one door at my house. It's just practical to have more than one door. But God told him on a structure that big, you got eight people getting ready to come on. You got all of these animals and birds and creeping things to just put one door. And I know why God told Noah to put that one door on that ark because the ark represents the ark of salvation. And the door represents the only way to get into that salvation. 
So if you and I are going to sail through a storm, we got to make sure that by faith we enter into that one door of salvation or the path of Zoroastrianism or the path of Confucianism or uh, the Muslim path. Or you could take different paths in order to get to God. No, the Bible teaches us that there's only one name given under heaven whereby men and women might be saved. It's the name of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. Not a way, not a truth, not a life. I am the way. Without me, there is no going. I am the truth. Without me, there is no knowing. I am the life. Without me, there is no living. God said, put one door here, and I want you to walk through that one door. And then in Genesis chapter 6, verse 16, he said, I want you to put in one window and then take that one window and put it above, put it at the top, put it high. I understood the one door. That's salvation. Jesus is the door. I, for the life of me, I couldn't figure out on this 450 uh, foot arc, 75 feet wide and then 45 feet high, three story, where God would only put one window on this structure. I couldn't figure it out for the life. And then when you put it, put it up high, put it at the top, put it above. I couldn't figure it out. Dr. Maurice Watson, he pastors the Metropolitan Church in DC, Washington, DC. He helped me understand this. He said, man, the reason why God told Noah to put that window in and to put it up high is because he knew that in this 40 days and 40 nights of raining, 150 days that the waters would be there with the flood that at some point, Noah and Mrs. Noah and his sons and daughter-in-laws, that they were going to want to look out during this storm. And God wanted to make sure that whenever they looked out, they would have to look up. Wanted to make sure that their outlook was an uplook. Put the window up high so when you look out, you have to look up. And in the storms that we're facing, these, this unfamiliar storm, we've never seen anything like this. And like Noah, we have this social isolation. But at some point, we want to look out. And God says, when you look out, don't just look to family and friends. Don't just look to government officials. Don't just look to health officials. Don't just look to your ministers. But look up. That's what the psalmist says. I look into the hills from which come of my help. My help comes from the Lord. It is a, the window is about perception. If we're going to sail through the storm, we got to make sure we're looking through the window of perception, that we're looking up to God. Y'all, everybody's going through the storm. Some people are depressed. Some people are suicidal. Some people are losing their minds. Some people are in fear. And then others have joy and peace, peace that surpasses all. What's the difference? It's perception. It's the window. Two men peer through prison bars. One saw mud. The other saw stars. Two men in the same predicament, same place at the same period of time. One looked out and saw a muddy, messy situation. And the other looked out and saw that the, the sky is the limit. What's the difference? Perception. How are you seeing life? Are you, as you're sailing through this storm, are you looking to God? Are you looking to Jesus? Are you looking above? Set your affections. The Apostle Paul says, set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. And so he put in the one window, he put in the one door. And then when Noah got in the ark, 
He did everything God said to do. He built it to the specification, did what the Lord said. And when Noah got in the ark, the storm did not stop. The ark represents the ark of salvation. He did everything God said. He's a righteous man. He's walking with God. He built something special for God. He walked into what he built for the Lord. And the storm did not stop. That's because God didn't give him the ark to stop the storm. He gave him the ark to sail through the storm. You know, when you and I put our faith in Jesus Christ and we believe he died on the cross and God raised him from the dead. And when we receive him by faith, that's when we're saved. You can be saved right now. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can be saved right now. But when we get saved, when we get in the ark of salvation, it doesn't mean that the storm is going to stop. No, God gives us salvation not to stop storms, but to help us to sail through the storm. God gives us salvation not to stop problems, but to help us to persevere through the problems, to give us the peace through the problems. And that's what God has done for us. He's given us this ark of salvation in Jesus Christ so we can sail through. When Noah got in the ark, the storm didn't stop. Wait, wait. So God was in a storm to get us in the ark. And then I believe God allows storms to keep us in the ark. Because some of us, we went through a storm in our life and we gave our life to Christ. We united with the church and everything was fine. And then after a while, you were thinking about leaving the church. You were thinking about running in the other direction. And God says, I don't want you to leave the church. I don't want you to run. I don't want you to leave the things of God. So God brought another storm, not to get you in church. You're already in church. You're already in Christ. He did it to keep you in there. Years ago, I used to preach a revival service every year in Wichita, Kansas, Pastor Lincoln Montgomery. He's retired now, great man of God. He would invite me every year. And I would, that was when, when I was out of town, I would, uh, I would call home and check on my wife and children every day. And I called the church and check on the leaders and, and the ministry. I did that every day. And so I was in Wichita, Kansas, and I called and I, I talked to my oldest son. He was, he's, he's now the pastor and he's doing his thing. But back then he was just a, a youngster. And I called my son. I said, Jay Allen, how's everything? Everything's fine, Dad. Did you go to Bible study? Yeah, we went to Bible study. How was it? All oh, the minister did a good job at Bible study. I said, that's great. Y'all home yet? He said, no, we're not home yet. I said, son, y'all should have been home from Bible study. Bible study should have been over. The revival been over. I'm back at the hotel. Y'all ain't home yet? He said, no, because after church was over, we all stayed in church. I said, why would you do that? He said, because it's a storm. And it's raining real bad and it's lightning and thunder. And because of the storm, when, when church was over, nobody left church. Everybody stayed in church after, after Bible study was over. And they stayed there because there was a storm. Sometimes God sends a storm to get us in Christ and the church. Other times, God sends storms to keep us in Christ and the church. And God sent a storm, unfamiliar, but Noah and all associated with him were able to sail through that storm. And I know you're wondering, why in the world would God send a storm like that? I know about the wickedness and the evil and the corruption and the violence, but God is a God of love. And why would he do that? Here's why. Genesis chapter 7, verse 17. Now the flood was on the earth 40 days. The waters increased and lifted up the ark. And it rose high above the earth. Here's the last thing I want you to get. 
When those waters kept coming down for 40 days, the waters increased, the floods rose. And why that happened? It, the text says, it lifted the ark. So the more that came down, the higher the ark went up. And when it was all over, after 150 days, the rain and the, then the floods, waters receded, the ark rested on Mount Ararat. The ark, Noah's ark rested at the top of Mount Ararat. Now, I want you to understand, before the storm, when everything started, Noah was in one place in the plains. By the time the storm was over, he was in a whole other place, at a whole other height, at the top of a mountain. If he had, for 40 days, walking with God, tried that on his own with God, he, he still couldn't have gotten that far. And he never could have gotten that high. So God says, Jeffrey Johnson, I know where I'm trying to get you. And I know the place and I know the height. And even though you're trying to walk with me, that's not going to be enough to get you to that place and that height. So I'm going to let some things come down on you for a while. So I can move you to a place and to a height you never would have been had you not gone through the storm. I believe at the end of this storm, I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be 40 days, 150 days. I have no idea how long this storm that we've never seen before, how long it's going to, but I believe when it's over because you put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and you're in the ark of salvation, you're going to be able to sail through that storm. And when it's done, you're going to be in a place you never would have been able to be. You're going to be at a height you never would have gotten to had it not been for the storm. This was, I don't remember the year. It was either 2000 or 2001 in the NBA, the, the New Jersey Nets at the time, New Jersey Nets at the time. They had a basketball game and uh, a, a blizzard hit the East Coast. It was a home game for the Nets in New Jersey and a blizzard hit the East Coast. It was freezing rain and snow and ice. It was a mess. And so the officials decided, we're still playing the game. We're not going to stop the NBA game. And even though they didn't stop the game, they're still playing it. A lot of people decided, I'm not going out in that blizzard. I'm not trying to make it in that snow and that ice and sleet and hail. No, I'm not going. Only about 1,000 people showed up for the game. That's the, the smallest attendance, the lowest attendance in the history of the NBA for a game. 1,000 people showed up because of that. That storm, that blizzard kept them from coming. So at the end of the first quarter, the officials went to the announcer and said, you can announce to anybody in this arena that you don't have to sit where your ticket says you're going to sit. You can sit anywhere in this building that you want to sit. Because the building seats 17,000 people. Only 1,000 are there. So they said, you can sit anywhere you want. So people came from the rafters at the top. They came from where you help change the lights at the top where you sit. And they came all the way down to the floor level. They came all the way down to the lowest seats. And there they were sitting in a seat they never would have been in. They were in a place they never would have gotten had it not been for that storm. Y'all, keep your faith in Jesus. Stay in the ark of salvation. Just know when you look out, look up, have that perception, look into the hills from whence cometh your help. God is not forsaking you. God 
is seeking to get you to a place and a height you never would have gone to had you not experienced this storm. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land, a higher ground that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to confess a hope in Christ Jesus so you can enter the ark of salvation. I want you to repent so you can be restored to the church. I know you're a Christian, but you strayed from the church. This is your chance to come home because God wants us in the ark of salvation. Lord, I lift up your sons and daughters. I lift up the people of this world. Even as we face a storm we've never seen before, we put our faith, our hope, and our trust in you, knowing that you're going to help us to sail through this storm with peace and strength and comfort. And when it's over, we believe you're going to get us in a place and a position and at a peak we never would have been had it not been for our faith in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.